Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Are we live? We're live, Dr. Cohen. We're live, Lauren? We are live with another episode of Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And podcasts. And we've discussed other podcasts, and we've had directors, musicians on the show. And who are you? I'm Lauren Taylor. The birthday girl? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You're 22 today, aren't you? I'm 22, and I am joined by Dr. Jason Cohen. Cool. Who's very happy to be celebrating your birthday. You seem like you're in a different room. I'm in a different room. I'm in one of our exam rooms. Oh, okay. Because we're doing since we're doing it earlier, people are still around. So I'm hiding in this exam room. Anything gross anatomy related you want to discuss? No, actually, we took out a nice cool tumor in someone's arm yesterday or the day before. I don't even remember now. And we'll be posting a cool picture of it. I we posted a picture of it, his arm before the tumor was removed. And now we're gonna it was big. It was like this big. And so we'll post a picture of the actual tumor that came out. Um, it was kind of cool. How do tumors get that big? Like, how do you not notice? He did. You know, a, a lot of people um, don't want to undergo surgery or it's not bothering them and it's been there for years. And, and most of the time they're benign. They're not cancerous. So people are like, yeah. But at a certain point it gets so big or starts causing discomfort or some family member says, hey, it's time to take it out. And Yeah, I've seen people wait a long time. Like I had this one patient, you know, a fancy lady who had a huge hump on the back that she was just keeping an eye on because she didn't want to undergo surgery because I don't want to undergo surgery. You know, at the end of the day, who really wants to have surgery if if it's not cancer, right? You're like, oh, I could live with it. It doesn't hurt me. But so so even if it's benign, does that mean it's always going to be benign? Isn't there a chance it could turn? It could, it could be a low-grade cancer or, yeah, potentially part of it could have some cancer in it. Um, but e- even when it's benign, the fact that it's so big could start causing problems too, even if it's not cancer. It's still a growth. It's still a tumor that doesn't necessarily belong there. But what I tell patients is as long as they're small, if they seem benign, if they've been there a long time, if they're not actively rapidly growing, if they're not causing symptoms – a lot, of, a lot of patients I'll just keep an eye on small little growths, unless it's bugging them. And then if it's bugging them, I say, okay, we can remove it. Got it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. What about you? Anything you want to talk about? Um, no. I was just going over the ER. I did watch the whole ER pilot. We have another medical show to review today. Yes. Medical show? TV show. We've been reviewing medical TV pilots. So... We have one about the resident, and then we have another one about Grey's Anatomy, both pilots. So we're, we're comparing and contrasting pilots. So look for those other episodes. And today we wanted to review the ER pilot, which is called 24 Hours, which was a one hour and 27 minute episode created by who, Dr. Cohen? Created by, by Michael Crichton, right? Yep, 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 yep. Which... We talked about him on another episode. Um, he's actually has a MD from Harvard Medical School. Where? Harvard. Have you heard of it? What is that? Uh, I think it's, so you probably haven't heard of it because it's not on the West Coast. Right. <laughs> is that a school? Or, or yeah. 
yeah, it's a school that if I went there, I'd probably wear a Harvard sweatshirt every day. Yeah, I'd probably wear a baseball hat all the time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my wife and I visited Harvard years ago because we were there in Boston. So we walked around the campus and we got Harvard baseball hats. Um, and I remember one time someone saw me wearing the hat and goes, you went to Harvard? And I said, yeah, I went there to get a baseball hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good little, I like that little joke. No, but we talked about him on Doctors with Surprising Second Acts because really he actually never, be, you know, studied or wait, what practice. Is practice, yeah. Yeah. So he just got his MD, decided not to practice, and then ended up writing 26 novels before he died at the age of 66, which is crazy. Wow. But so, yeah, he would have been on path to like beat Stephen King's record probably with novels. And he created ER, which most people probably don't realize. Right. And uh, what year did it come out, ER? So it came out in 1994. Wow. I know. Did you feel like it was really dated when you watched the pilot? Yeah. Didn't you? I did. but So that's actually like the third time I've seen it. So um, we had rewatched it like not that long ago. And I just wanted to watch it again. And I still really loved it. Like, I feel like I'm really in a Chicago hospital. I've never been in a Chicago hospital, Mm -hmm. but it's actually kind of what I picture when you talk about like your time in like New York hospitals. Is it anything like that? Does it seem like a real ER? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. There's definitely, it's so dated in, in so much, in, in a lot of stuff. So it's, so it's hard to, um, it's so different. 94. I mean, that's how many years ago? That's 27 years ago, right? Yeah. So things were so different back then. Mm-hmm. I, and that's what I was watching. That's what I was kind of paying attention. I was like, that doesn't happen today. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This is 27 years ago. Things were so different then. Oh, so like medical, like medical technology and stuff, that kind of stuff you're noticing? Yeah. I, I mean, they put, you know, their x-rays and the way they see the x-rays are the actual pictures on the film. Mm-hmm. We, we don't, we don't do that anymore. Everything's digital now. So how so, do you do it? So you just go to your laptop and look at it? Yeah. Or you go to radiology and everything gets digitalized and it's, and it's stored on a computer. There's, there's no films anymore. So, I, you know, there's a scene where he goes down to the reading room, which we still have. And the doctor's looking at the actual films and then he takes the films. People going to medicine today wouldn't know from that. Like I remember that. And, but I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't, but it does have, it did happen. And it was Um, called the reading room. What are they used for now? It's still, no, there's still a reading rooms, but it's not film. It's not, it's not actual film. It's now all on these really cool computer things. Everything's all computerized, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. I think they were still using the film in episodes of House, but maybe not. No, it's possible. It, um, and maybe in certain places they still use film, but, you know, most places it's really not film anymore. So, you know, and, and patients will get a disc now if they want to get their own x-rays. But in the olden days, if you wanted to get your x-rays and take them to go show them to someone if you had a scan, you would have this huge folder. You'd walk out of there with a huge folder of, you know, it could be possibly like a hundred films in this folder, at least 20 or 30 films. And you'd have to schlep it to a place and they'd have to 
one by one, put it up and look at it. I, I mean, it's... I wonder whatever happened to all those films. Probably just land, landed in a landfill. So it's yeah, probably better for the environment. For sure. So, so even just watching that was amazing. I, I had to keep reminding myself. I'm like, that doesn't happen. And then I'm like, wait a minute, 94? Yeah, that could definitely happen. In 94, I was... Um, I graduated college in 91. So I was in med school when it when the show came out. So, so I was, you know, I was Noah Wiley, basically. Who's my favorite and still made me laugh out loud, even though I've seen that episode before. Like, I just thought he was so funny in that episode. They were so young, all of them. It was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was fun to watch. So in the first scene, um, Dr. Green is uh, woken up. He's only had one hour of sleep. Like every, I feel like every pilot we watch about medical shows is lack of sleep. That's like prominent. And that's real. That's real. Sleep deprivation is real, but I don't know, but it's not in the ER anymore. Really? I mean, that's, it seems that, dangerous. What's that? Kind of seems dangerous for them to only have that much sleep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I don't know if it happened back then either. Uh, I mean, maybe early on, but but these days, no way could that happen. You know, now they do the in the ER. They limit their hours of shifts. They they may do eight hour shifts, ten hour shifts, or maybe a twelve hour shift, and then they go home. Okay. You know, so no, there's none of that anymore in the ER. But back in '94, you know, now they have. It, it, that was the other interesting thing is now they have at least since the mid '90s. They have their own designated emergency room doctors. But back in the, certainly the 80s and probably the 90, a lot of the 90s, emergency rooms were staffed by doctors from different specialties, which is how the show was. Mm -hmm. So there was like a pediatrician down there. There was an anesthesiologist down there. There was a surgeon down there. There was a... Um, um, and, and that's how it was back then. There weren't, and there were internal medicine doctors, and they would all staff the ER and do their own thing. These days, or try to be generalists too. They would do a little bit of everything. Like Dr. Ross, um, George Clooney was taking care of an old lady, and it's like, you don't need a pediatrician here at one point, he said. But in the olden days, that, you know, you would kind of moonlight down in the ER. Okay. Now it's formal emergency room physicians you know you train just to be an er doctor that's like that one reality show which it did remind me of that a little bit like how fast-paced it was uh what was that reality show we watched about the hospital in new york remember she was there was oh, an lennox, e lennox hill lennox hill lennox hill yes that was good there was just an er doc so she just trained to be an er doctor yeah she seemed like she was doing it all knew about everything like sickle cell and right. she'd like go dress somebody's wound like she was just doing everything Right. And then you would call down for certain things. Oh, let's call pediatrics down here. Let's call, you know, if it, if it were something that needed to be evaluated. Okay. So that was kind of cool seeing it was. Yeah. I mean, it made for a better TV show. I think just having all those different elements, like in the, actually in the ER made it right. exciting. I, you know, I think we should watch a, the most, is ER still out? No, it ended in 2009. And I think the only cast member that continued was Noah Wiley. Dr. Carter. We should deliberately watch the final episode or one yeah. of the, or the, or the first or the, or the episode number one of the last season, 
to kind of see if they did change the way the ER runs. I'd be we curious. Should, we should watch the last episode. I looked up the director, Rod Holcomb. I don't know who he, I didn't know who he was, but he apparently won an Emmy for the last episode. So he directed the first episode and the last episode of ER. And he won an Emmy for the last one because I thought it was shot really well. Let's watch the last episode too. Okay. So that's from 2009. I bet there is a huge difference. We'll see if they still use films. We'll see. Little things you'll notice, I probably won't notice. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, The only thing that struck me as odd, it seemed like there was only one student. Were there other students? I think, yeah. I mean, I think they were just showing their main characters. That's probably why. I think, well, there was someone that was working with um, Dr. Ross, George Clooney. Um, Oh, right. Okay. So there were two. So there was his. And and then there was one that, that was following Dr. Benton was Dr. Carter. Right. So that, that was the only thing that was a little odd was that there were only two students in the year, but I, I guess that's possible that there yeah. were only, I think they, they get more as it progresses, you know? Right. right. Yeah. I like how he left them alone to suture the lady. I, that was a little comedic, you know? Well, I was thinking of like the Dr. Carter, not knowing how to suture because he had only had done dermatology rotations and then, um, psych rotation yeah. and he was like well now you're going to do something that actually helps people dr benton told him and he yeah. was like but you don't know how to do sutures yeah and then he just left him so but that was like a really funny scene but by the end of it he seemed good but i was thinking about you because you said you had asked someone who was a third year resident and they didn't know how to suture right or no they didn't know how to no it wasn't suture that was yeah 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 Drop more basic than suturing mm-hmm. okay so yeah suturing they all know, but drawing blood, they don't do anymore, right? That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Although, I mean, yes and no, it kind of depends, but yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but he was a med student, a third year med student. So I did like the fact that they were introducing them as doctor, da da da, right? Yeah. They introduced Carter as doctor, even though he's a medical student. And in the older days, we kind of did do that. We introduced the students as doctor. Today, you can't. You can't introduce a student as doctor. Really? Why? It's just not that. Medical legally, I don't think you really can. Not in America. Maybe like in a, in a small rural hospital, but not in a major hospital. Because if something goes wrong, you might be able to say this is student doctor, Carter. But you really can't say this is, I don't think so. I don't think you can introduce today, medical legally, someone as a doctor. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. And or that's all. What? Yeah, and I think legally, you know, you could get into a whole lot of trouble. But back in my day, I was introduced as a student, as a doctor, too. Because um, okay. you are a doctor, but I, I can see... No, where not as a student, not as a medical student. Oh, okay. I thought he was a doctor. Dr. Carter was a doctor in the, at that point. Is he a doctor or a medical student? I don't know. Now I'm confused. You're a medical student. He's not a third-year doctor. Oh, I thought he was just doing his, like... No, he's a medical student. And Benton, Benton? Yeah. He's only, he's just a resident, which was interesting too. Like he seemed really amazing as a resident. But I guess it's kind of like the TV show, The Resident, where the guy was a superstar too. I was going to ask you, what's more realistic? I mean, I'm partial because I really love Eric LaSalle, Dr. Benton. I love him. Was he realistic as a surgeon or no? Certain things were. He was a little... As a third-year resident, 
he was a little too self-assured and, and cocky, although I guess there are, you know, guys like that, gals like that, who are that amazing as, as residents. Um, but I think that, you know, they talk about that as his character flaws, how cocky he is. Right. You know, That's true. Head of the ER even said, you know, he has an attitude problem. So uh, jokingly, but serious. Right. I, I like that. Um, yeah, who's played by William H. Macy. That's, I know, that's it's always funny about ER. Like, William H. Macy just randomly showed up. Who, I mean, he's in some of my favorite movies, like Magnolia. So I always thought it was a big deal. I love Magnolia. I actually wanted to watch it recently with my kids. Um, I don't know. It's slow, though, isn't it? It's kind of a weird movie. It's long. I don't think people are used to long movies anymore. So Yeah. But some of, I mean... People... I I've heard people comment about how it needs to be edited down, but I disagree. I think it's a masterpiece. Philip Seymour Hoffman was amazing in that. Yes, yes, yes. So. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, I had another question about the episode. So um, Dr. Ross comes in. He's drunk. Dr. Green has to hook him up with a hydration drip because it's like his night off or whatever. But yeah. then all these traumas come in, and he's like better all of a sudden. How quick do those like hydration drips, can they get you sober? No, but that was the following morning. He came in at night and he was Oh, fine. it was? I thought it was just like, I was like, how quick do those things work? What could be in those bags? He did seem a little, for being that drunk, he seemed a little too well. Like, I, I would have thought he would have been a little hungover. Like, that's what shocked me. Like, he seemed totally fine and not hungover. Right. So that's what I was wondering. I wasn't like getting all, I didn't understand what they put in that bag, but I was like, does that really work? But the like whole thing in Vegas, you know, they have those uh, um, detox kind of stores, storefronts and things. They have them here, too. Um, we talked to a, a doctor that was like starting a hydration lab. Right. Um, doctor. Yeah. It was Dr. Malkin. Yes. So he has a whole like hydration lab. Yeah. And it was interesting getting back to concierge doctor. I like Dr. Green went off on that interview mm-hmm. to like that high-end, fancy, schmancy um, practice. Right. And so if you were a young ER doc, that wouldn't have interested you at the time either. No, because it's the same reason I went into general surgery is, you know, I thought I wanted to be a do-gooder and and help people and cure people. But there are a lot of people who go into medicine initially wanting to do that, but then realize, hey, I want to go make money and do this. And I think a lot of plastic surgeons, you know, are business people and, and a lot of doctors, the concierge doctors too, you know, are... They definitely, uh, when we interview them, seem like business people. Yeah. And I'll, I'll confess, I, I sometimes regret that I didn't think more financially and quality of life work-life balance, I, I sometimes say to myself, what, what did I do? You know, I kind of, what was I thinking? You know, I, I, I had those thoughts. But you um, made your marriage work where Dr. Green did not. So you must be doing something right. Yeah. You know, you, there's always give and take, you know, there's always, um, there's always give and take. There's, I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe that um, you're always juggling and at certain points something's in the air and something's on the ground and, and you're just constantly juggling and balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ER is going to be the highest 
the most viewed pilot we've ever watched though, because 23.8 million people watched that show. Wow. I think I actually watched that show for a while too. You know, I, I don't, once I became a doctor, I really didn't watch medical shows. I watched a few episodes of Royal Pains because I love Mark Feuerstein. So I wanted to watch him. Um, maybe I watched a couple of house episodes for fun, but ER, I think I actually watched for a while, like as a real show. I, I don't, I didn't watch any other medical show other than St. Elsewhere, which was way before my becoming a doctor. And we're going to get Denzel Washington on the show. Don't hold us to that. <laughs> That's a wish. List. I don't want to be sued, but that's on our wish list. Wish list is getting Denzel, but I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. They say you got to put things out there. So we're putting it out there. Denzel or John David, if, if you want to come on the show as, as uh, Denzel's son. I don't know what that has to do with Denzel Washington, but <laughs> maybe, you, or maybe you want to come on it together. Uh, they the sound alike, so we could just say it's Denzel. No. They do. And John David's pretty cool also. So uh Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um so we're trying to like rate these pilots. Like which one is more accurate? I guess it's hard to say because this one was shot in nineteen ninety-four. Yeah, so it's hard for me to remember like the amount of responsibility they had. There was that level, you know. I trained at a county hospital in Brooklyn, Kings County downstate. And we as residents did have a lot of autonomy. I think Benton is just a third year resident. And the fact that he's running the show, at least, at least for the first half of the episode, I don't remember if someone above him comes down to like oversee him, but that, that was a little, although in, uh, I'm trying to think actually, yeah. In the pediatric ER, um, we as the resident surgeon ran that ER. So may, maybe it's not that off, you know? I think ERs, when they first started out, were, they were trying to figure out how to do them and how to deal with them. So I, that, I was trying to remember how, how realistic that is. is um, I think that's why that show works. It doesn't like feel like an hour and 27 minute episode. It's no, like very fast paced, like the West Wing, you know, where they're just like walking and talking and like yeah. circles and everyone's moving and it yeah. feels like you're there. I mean, it feels dated a little bit. Yes, for sure. But I liked uh, Juliana Margulies' character. Mm-hmm. That's the twist, right? We're not going to ruin it for anybody, but she's, she's why I thought like, I guess nurses wore peach surgeons wore and Benton's why I thought surgeons wore blue doctors wore green. Like I thought those were the colors because of ER, I think. And like, the medical students wore the coats. Interesting. No, that's just, it all wrong. But you answered yeah. my question before on a different episode. Yeah, that's kind of just a made up thing. Yeah, no, it was a good show. And uh, it had all the right elements. And I like the chemistry between um, Clooney and Juliana Margulies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she was, I just learned that she was on it for six years. And she was offered $27 million to do two more seasons and she turned it down, which is crazy. That was crazy. For back then, that's crazy. She must have made so much those first six, you know, those. Yeah, she wanted to do something different, which, I mean, obviously she made a lot of money on The Good Wife and everything else she's done, but. Uh, she was on The Sopranos too, remember? Oh, yeah, she was great on that. I mean, she's a fantastic actress, so. Yeah. 
What is she doing now? Anything? I feel like yes, but I don't remember what it is. I feel like she is about to be in something new. I don't remember though. Oh, you know, I do know. It's um, she's gonna be on the morning show. It's uh, uh it's on Apple TV with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, we watched the beginning of that. The one thing I thought, uh, getting back to that first episode, was a lot of people died. Oh. A lot of patients. There were a lot of dead patients. And I don't, I mean, yeah, in the ER you get deaths, but it seemed like a lot of dead patients that episode, right? Well, they did save one guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess people were dying. No, I know they saved people, but wait, I don't, I mean, my experience in the ER, I don't remember, even when we had crazy days, and, and there were crazy shifts there, but I really don't, I think it seemed like there was an exaggerated number of dead people. Like they kept pulling the, you know. Uh, like well, because they showed on the TV, there was like some kind of accident. So I guess people were coming in, maybe that were like pretty much already dead. But that's right. another thing I was going to ask you. So Dr. Green tells a guy bad news that his father died. They couldn't save him. And the guy's huge and he like pushes Dr. Green and he calls him a bastard. But then he like, you know, Dr. Green, he finally calms down and Dr. Green like, you know, gives him a pat on the back as he cries. Has that ever happened to you? Like a person reacts like that when you give them bad news? Where you get kind of scared? I've never had that situation where someone, I felt scared. Well, um, I was also reading that Quentin Tarantino directed an episode of ER, which I'm going to have to rewatch, called Mother. And uh, Juliana Margulies was um, recently talking about that and how it was all shot and there were no like extra shots because he didn't want them to cut it. He didn't want him to edit it down to what they wanted. So we only gave him one shot of every like scene. So they like rehearsed and rehearsed and that'd be perfect. And I'm sure it's great. I have to watch it. The, the other thing I noticed, there were some good guest, other guest characters, like the guy that the anesthesiologist doctor tells that she, that has lung cancer Mm-hmm. He's a pretty well-known actor. I'm blanking on his name. I was trying. Yeah. Every time I see that guy, I'm like, he's in a million things. I should learn yeah. his name. And I don't know his name. He's always looked old, but he, yeah. he's always yeah. looked that age, whatever the age that is. Like, I'm wrong. And again, I only watched half the episode, but it looked like Joe Pantaleone is a patient laying on a stretcher in one of the episodes. Am I mispronouncing his name? Uh... No, I don't think you are. That's definitely possible. I didn't recognize him, but my husband was watching it with me, and he said, is that Walton Goggins, who, uh, I don't know if okay. you know that actor, but we thought he was in on the stretcher, too. So I don't know. They look alike, so I wonder if it was Goggins or Pantaleone. That might be the same guy. It, it probably is, yeah, because he didn't really speak, but he looked like he was right. going to have a part for a minute. Right. Yeah, I wonder. He's probably not even credited. That's probably, I know. I think my husband did try to look it up and he didn't say anything, so maybe you can find out. Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I bet it's the same actor because they kind of look alike there. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. It could have been either of them. What else? Um, yeah, the amount of hours they worked, I thought, although maybe back then they did work that long hours, but I don't think so because I'm remembering Kings County, which is probably similar kind of hospital. The docs went home. They didn't, they didn't sleep over there. So I think that's... I mean, maybe in the 80s it was that way, but I don't, I don't think so. It was interesting that Anthony Edwards, you know, was the star of that show more than, almost more than... Um, George Clooney. George Clooney, yeah. You know? Yeah, that was kind of interesting because Anthony Edwards had just, 
you'd probably just come off a Top Gun, right? Is my yeah, guess. I wonder if he, and I told you that I, um, I had been watching some Northern Exposure and I noticed he had an arc in there too, which he's great in. Um, I don't know, like, did he want to do other things or did he not want to be a big actor? I imagine he would have wanted to be a huge star like George Clooney. Yeah, but I, they did really well with that show. They did, but seriously though, if, if um, Anthony Edwards looked like George Clooney, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, he have been the big star? Yeah, but Anthony Edwards was a, was a big like teenage star. Well, speaking of watching things, are you watching anything else? We started watching, um, I always call it The Women in Red, you know. Um, the Handmaid's Tale. Yes. We oh, started We're never going to remember that. <laughs> no, it's hard for me to remember The Handmaid's Tale. It was, uh, it's on what, like episode or season four? Season four, I think, yeah. So we just started watching it. What else? Um, Waiting for Ozark, isn't that supposed to come out? I don't know. I'd be surprised because I feel like they couldn't film like for a huge part of last year. No, I think it's coming out. And then um, I want to watch, but I haven't, Stissel, the new season of Stissel, which is an Israeli show about Hasidim, you know, super religious Jews. Mm -hmm. One character kind of wants to be an artist. So I kind of identify with him a little bit like that. You know, my guy who my inner wanting to be an artist guy identifies with him. So in addition to the fact that it's this interesting portrayal of Orthodox Jews that you really never see, it's also this other side of, of them. So I recommend it. You know, you, you're going to have to watch it with subtitles, but I, it's, it's really a, an interesting show. What about you? What are you watching? I watched the ER pilot, which I give five stars. <laughs> it's my favorite one that pilot that we watched so far. Yeah, it was really good. Um, what are we going to watch next? What medical TV pilot are we going to watch next? We're going we're gonna to watch the last episode. Okay, we're going to do the last episode of ER and see and compare. See if yeah. they... How different and how things, you know, there were no cell phones back then. It's amazing, you know? So it's really weird. There are no cell phones. There's no like going to Starbucks run, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, let's get coffee. And we were talking about having to make the coffee. Uh, and the vending machines in that hospital were the, like these antique vending machines, right? Did you look at those yeah. vending machines? Yeah. That so all cool. that really struck me as interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll watch the 2009 ending to uh yeah. er see what we think all right bye dr cohen bye. that's it for this week thanks for listening to gross anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights smells and sounds of medicine gross anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition